0: You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Catherine Woodward Thomas. Welcome. Hi, Jamie. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, too, and I'm so excited to be doing this today and just to have a wonderful conversation that I know will be inspiring for the viewers.
1: Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, LA is, I, I lived in LA for 30 years. So I feel like I'm back in LA being with you and, and uh, your producer, Sam here.
0: Oh, good. Well, we're, we're happy to like virtually have you back in LA. Thank you. Okay. So, Catherine, here we go. Catherine Woodward Thomas is the New York Times bestselling author of Conscious Uncoupling, Five Steps to Living Happily Even After, and Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attracting the Love of Your Life, as well as an award-winning marriage and family psychotherapist. Over the past two decades, Catherine has had the honor of teaching hundreds of thousands of people from all corners of the globe to create conscious, loving relationships and to realize the higher potentials all their connections hold for health and happiness. Catherine also trains and certifies people to become certified calling in the one coaches and or conscious uncoupling coaches and provides ongoing supervision and development to the vibrant community of her coaches from around the world. She's a billboard number one Charting number one iTunes jazz artist with her CD, Lucky in Love, which was co-written and co-produced with the brothers Corin. So we will definitely have to get into that also because you're a Jackie of all trades, as I say.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, you know, we're talking about the creative impulse to create well-being, health and happiness and love which for some of us is unpredictable, given what we've endured in our past, the patterns that we've been through in relationship, and maybe the upbringing, uh, the the wounds of the past that kind of set us up for certain patterns that are quite toxic, where we give our power away, or we're chronically, um, you know, finding ourselves either in a love avoidant position, pushing love away even though we want it, or... Running after love, even though it's an impossible love, so a lot of us have suffered a lot in this area, and um, and I think it's a uh, an act of high creativity to actually claim a future that is not going to happen unless you stand for it, and that is actually where calling in the one begins. It's where conscious uncoupling begins, so it's that creative impulse that then just went into music, and I'll tell you about the mm-hmm. I'll tell you the, the wonderful story about the 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 CD. A little in a little bit, but but I know okay. you have some questions about the work I'm doing.
0: Yes, well, and I just love what you're saying because I always say, I agree with you, you know I that our past does not need to be a predictor of our present or our future. We can heal the past, and but a lot of people don't realize this until they read books and get inspired to learn.
1: Yeah, and I've been working a lot in the domain of creating the future from the future. And I, as a psychotherapist, I love the healing work. I've done the healing work. I put in my time on what I say, the cushion and the couch, many, many years in that myself. It's invaluable work. And when I was really ready to manifest a miracle, I had to start with the future I was committed to. Because Um, I think sometimes, you know, we go back into the past because we're healing from the traumas that we endured. We're reclaiming parts of ourselves. We're grieving the losses that we never were able to face before. And that's wonderful and important, but it's a different domain than actually standing for a future like this shall be so, which has to do with setting an intention and then striving to become the version of yourself you would need to be in order for that intention to manifest and sustain. And that is a developmental process usually. That's about learning new skills, growing ourselves Mm -hmm. capable of creating and sustaining the love that we desire.
0: Yes. And the work that I do, which is sounds like the work that you do, is, is about getting past those barriers that are preventing us from accessing our authentic self so we can actually show up to magnetize and attract that right match for us. It's, it's instead of showing up as the version of ourselves that has trauma and past upset written all over it, it's the opposite.
1: Right. So instead of showing up from the traumatized self, we show up from the true self. Yes. The truth yes, of yes. our value, our worthiness, our power to keep ourselves safe, keep others safe, to learn how to have healthy relationships. So.
0: And to me, that's freedom. Yeah, it is. Such freedom. Okay, so let's talk about conscious uncoupling first. Okay. Because it um it is such a a buzzword out there and I learned about it many years ago I learned about it because when Gwyneth Paltrow was going through her divorce as many people learned about it so I want to I do want to talk about that because that's such a I'm sure it brought so much attention to your book but also for my just inter- interesting thing about my life is that when i first heard about conscious uncoupling i didn't know what conscious meant i wasn't on my spiritual journey yet so for all those people out there that don't really know what that means and i've never heard your definition either what is the definition of conscious uncoupling first of all
1: well i think i think when we're talking about conscious uh, when it comes to uncoupling, most of us are very well acquainted with unconscious uncoupling, you know, antagonistic breakups where you kind of move from soulmate to soul hate. And you start hating on the person you once loved, or there's really negative projections onto you, or, you know, even worse, you go to war. And, uh, you know, sometimes the kids get cross caught in the crossfire of that. So what we're really looking at with conscious uncoupling is the ability to separate in a way that leaves everyone whole and complete and actually more equipped to move forward and to create love in their lives because you've been informed, you learned your lesson, um, you've kind of made amends for the ways that you've hurt somebody, uh, you've done your, your work. It's not a, you know, when Gwyneth popped it into the lexicon, of course, everyone loves to make fun of Gwyneth because she's so beautiful and so privileged, you know, so <laughs> it's like hard to imagine that that's all in one person, so talented, but um, but they made fun of conscious uncoupling, you know, which was understandable, but then, you know, fortunately, they've been able to see over time that this really is an idea whose time has come, and most of us who are practicing it really did kind of grow up with parents who maybe had that kind of knee-jerk antagonistic divorce. You know, if you look at the, the brain and, and, and your biology, what happens in the body when we separate? <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> so sorry. Okay. You actually see that the body is so hardwired to stay together that it will even go from uh, a positive bond to a negative bond as a way to keep engagement going right? So that soul hate is not the opposite of love. It's still high engagement. It's like the shadow side of love. So our brains and our biology really is set up to keep us engaged. Even this one little fact, which I find so fascinating, is that we, uh, when when someone rejects us, you know, that the logical thing would be for us to lessen our investment in that person, to kind of take a step back, to regroup, Uh, to separate ourselves from them, but that's not what happens. Our hormones go crazy and they start duplicating the same feelings that we had when we were first falling in love. And this Mm -hmm. is the body and the brain's way of saying, run after that person, get them Mm -hmm. to change their mind. You know, and if you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, it begins to make sense because, you know, a thousand years ago, if you wandered away from your tribe, you probably would die. So we still have that feeling, right, that that yeah, we're going to die. Yeah. So nature has kind of designed us to be that way. So to consciously complete a relationship, to really step back and live and let live, move towards forgiveness, find a way to create win-win situations moving forward, or transition a family from nuclear family to... Um, you know, an expanded, happy, even post-divorce family where there's room for new partners to come in, but the kids still feel like they're contained in a sense of family, that they're still held in the field of family. I mean, that's that's a spiritual journey for most of us. And most of us left on our own devices, we're going to want to have an amicable breakup. None of us want to do damage to our children. But it's very hard because we get overwhelmed by ne- the negative emotions that can come up and, you know, kind of take us over and take us out and cause us to do things that are really kind of uncharacteristic of us, cyber stalking, mm-hmm. saying really mean things, ruining someone's reputation, you know, all of those kinds of things that, you know, I know I've done stuff like that in the past. And I know a lot of people have talked to, you know, so even if you're a good Person who's kind of on the side of love, it's very easy to fall into that. So, conscious uncoupling is a five step program that I created to really take people who are really struggling, whose heart's broken, who are enraged, who are suffering with obsessive thinking about that person, can't stop going over every little detail in their mind, they're highly traumatized by the breakup, and to give them a pathway forward to true freedom and to true completion, where when they're complete with it, they're really ready to move on and even create a better relationship on the other side of it because of all the things that they've learned.
0: Yes. Well, one of the things that you were saying is basically that hurt people hurt people. So until you resolve that unresolved issue, and if you have that resentment, that contempt towards your ex, you're going to want to hurt them, whether you do or you don't. Some people don't actually act on it verbally or cyberbullying, whatever they're they're doing.
1: Right, most people don't, right? Because we're all good people.
0: But, uh-oh, frozen, she's, com- she's going to come back. She's coming back. It's
1: such a physical thing. Even, our, you know, where we have that saying, Jamie, burned in love, I got burned in love. When you're really hurt, your skin feels like it's on fire. That phrase comes from the phenomenon of what's happening in your body. You know, and you can't eat, you can't sleep. So your judgment is off just at the time when you need good judgment. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> We're making very big decisions here. And that. And if you get attorneys in the middle of that, before you're through that stage, before you know how to hold and contain your experience and take responsibility for your part and make amends to yourself and use it to really grow yourself beyond old beliefs that have gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get the legal process involved too quickly, that's where you go through your college, your kid's college fund because yes. you're so mad, right? Yes.
0: Yes. And another thing you were talking about, and then I, I need to hear the five steps. Just We can just go through them Okay, is just this whole, what I work, With my clients on, and I know you do too, is having compassion, rising above, and forgiveness. And the power of all of that. Because people have a really hard time, like you were saying, owning. And you need to be able to own, because everything's a projection instead of blame. Owning, and then having compassion, rising above, and ultimately Forgiving, and it's a lot of for self forgiveness. Also, it's forgiving yourself and forgiving the other person. But it it takes a book like this. It takes the coaching. I'm I'm a psychotherapist. You're a psychotherapist. And you know, a lot of people think they they can do this on their own. But and it's not a weakness to ask for help. But people need people. People need help. Someone to help you go through this.
1: Yes, I I, I really appreciate your reminding all of that because. I think what happens is that inside of the happily ever after myth that we're all kind of holding ourselves and each other accountable to as the measure of whether or not it was real, whether or not it was Mm -hmm. viable or important, Um, we just go into such shame at the end of a relationship very often. We feel humiliated and embarrassed. We feel like we failed. And the shame will will cause us to want to hide. And it's the the last thing we should be doing is hiding. That's the moment we actually need to reach out and get some support.
0: Yes, 100%. Okay, so what are your five steps to conscious uncoupling?
1: Well, we start where we are. So so find emotional freedom is number one. And how to take all of those big overwhelming emotions and be able to channel them uh, in the direction of positive change. So... Um, One of the things I teach people to do is to learn how to hold and contain your feelings from a deeper center. Mm -hmm. So most of us feel our feelings and we get overly identified with our feelings. We kind of collapse into them. We become the despair. We become the rage. We become the hopelessness. And what I teach people to do is is actually based on the studies at UCLA around affect labeling, which is a fancy way that we psychologists folks have of saying just naming your feelings. And that language is actually a container. So if you can just say to yourself, sweetheart, what are you feeling right now? And you can say, whoa, I'm feeling big rage. And then you just say, honey, I got it. You're feeling huge, big rage. What else are you feeling? So you're talking to yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it begins to actually diminish the intensity of what you're feeling because now you're holding it from a deeper center, from the part of you that can welcome and witness whatever you're experiencing as part of the spectrum of what it is to be human. And from there then, You begin to, you know, even welcome in some of these feelings and see what golden nuggets they have inside. So, for example, if you're feeling big rage, you might say, what's waking up in me? as a result, well, what's waking up in me is to finally take a stand for my right to be treated with respect.
0: Mm, Yes. Amen.
1: That's right. This is the last time this will ever happen. So you have to almost take all the energy you're feeling and point it in the direction of positive change. And And I really have people even set an intention for your freedom. On the other side of this and Mm -hmm. all of these difficult emotions have some golden nuggets in them even depression has the golden nugget of recognizing the value of love when you have it and protecting it more or protecting your own heart because you're so vulnerable and to never again turn away from red flags right never diminish them and, uh, or never think that you're going to love enough for two people because our hearts are vulnerable. So there's something good that is happening. And you have to really dig deep to name it and commit yourself to it. And that sets you up now for a growth journey, which is very, very positive. So that brings us right into step two, which is uh, reclaim your power in your life. And just as Jamie said, the reclamation of our power is about taking responsibility for our part, which is super hard in a breakup because usually the other person behaved badly. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's very easy to point the finger. It's just where we go. And probably if you're doing that, it's for good reason. But I like to say, even if it's 97%, the other person, what's your 3%? Because that's where the true growth is for you so what did you do I mean and usually the three percent is something like you know I you know I turned away I made the someone else's feelings more important than my own or I overgave to try and prove my value or um, I dismissed my inner knowing I knew this going in and I just skipped right over it I just diminished it so you have to get that three percent and really see. Uh, And usually a lot of it's at the very beginning of the relationship, decisions that you made going in, and then you have to turn it into, I will never again, or from this moment, I will always, and then you're not waiting until the next relationship, you're doing it right now with your best Mm -hmm. friend, with your mom, with your boss, you're having Mm -hmm. the courage to show up differently, starting Mm -hmm. now.
0: Mm -hmm. It is so empowering. Okay, i love it. Right, this. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> so then step three is to break the pattern and heal your heart. Uh, most breakups um, that we're just, you know, reeling from, we can actually see that this is part of a larger story, that this kind of always happens in one form or another, that people are never really there for me, or I get just kind of taken out by, you know, by by how selfish somebody constantly is and how I just feel used up in that relationship because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, always with a narcissist or whatever that pattern is or with an alcoholic or for me, it was married men when I was younger, just any size, shape or form of an impossible per- love. Somebody was on his way elsewhere, but always had another person there. And it was very, very, very painful. So we all have kind of a theme that we dance around. A lot of us is just chronic aloneness. And inside of that, if you ask yourself, you know, what is the first time I ever felt this way, or how old is it? So you say to yourself, okay, what am I break, meaning, What am I making the breakup mean about me? And it's going to be instantly there. Something like, I will always be alone. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then you say and when was the first time I ever felt this way how old is this part of me well that little that little part of me is four years old so now I'm back in the four-year-old I call it your source fracture story the original break in your heart and in step three what we look at is how you tend to default to that story whenever you're disappointed So in the relationship, when you would get threatened or disappointed, you'd kind of go into that place. Or even if you started to just get anxious by your own dependency needs, because that can be a trigger too, how you started to show up in ways that actually generated that story. Okay, so I'll give you an example. Inside of the I'm alone, the relational aspect of that is everyone always leaves me. So I might go into relate. I might go into a relationship and be codependent because I'm afraid of that person leaving. So I'm a chameleon and I give everything away, and there's no conflict. I avoid conflict because I think it's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. But studies show, and we know this from John Gottman. Right? John Gottman did studies where he said that relationships are forged in conflict, and if you're conflict avoidant, the relationship never really deepens. Mm-hmm right? So we're looking at how were you the source of the breakdowns and what's really true? What's really true? And what are the new ways of relating? So what's really true is I was not born to be alone. I came here to love and be loved. And I have the power to learn how to keep love healthy and safe. And I have the power to grow myself in that direction. And how might I now be in future relationships, well, I lean in when there's a conflict. I speak up. I speak out. I'm not afraid to tell the truth. There's two of us in the room. There's not one. So I might feel anxious that the other person's going to leave. If that person loves me, I might say, well, you know, I'm really scared to tell the truth because I'm terrified you're going to leave me. But I want, I want to say this anyway, because I'm committed to the health of our relationship. And then you dare say it.
0: Yeah right? Well, and you, you're committed to yourself and, and if you can say it with no attachment to the outcome with, if you can say it without being fearful that that person's going to leave, or even if you have a little bit of fear, but you say it anyway, that that's honoring yourself and that's honoring what is the flow of life. Also it's honoring, you know, if, if this person leaves because of what you say or how you feel, then you're not supposed to be with that person anyway. If they don't want to be in conflict with you, if they want to be in a conflictless marriage, you're you say no, actually. um I love the Gottmans, and I believe in what they what they teach. So I'd like some conflict,
1: yeah, that's beautiful. yeah. so the first three steps of conscious uncoupling are all internal. And it's about graduating from who you were in that relationship. I also teach at the end um, what I call a soul to soul meditation, where you might bring that person back into your meditation.
0: Frozen. Coming back. Okay. I'm good. Okay. So go on.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll just scoop that little piece in again. Okay. So what I'm talking. So at the at the very end of step three, I have something called uh, a soul to soul meditation, and this is for people who who are kind of collapsing under the projection that they can feel the other person has on them. So the story, and usually. You know, people devalue you or they have their opinions about you. And if you were really bonded with someone, you kind of feel it still, even though you're not talking to them. You can do no contact and still be aware that somebody's thinking ill thoughts of you. So um, I teach people to complete that and to actually stand in your power in a conversation on a soul level. You bring that person in a meditation. If they're scared to you, you kind of shrink them down okay mm-hmm. so that they're not threatening and you just share who you really are and you you own that you underpresented, and that you were in some kind of old trance the old wounded self the traumatized self but this is the true you and you ask that person to hold you in that light and you tell them that you'll do your best to hold them in that light and just be complete on that level i find that this really really shifts people away from being uh you know, susceptible to what we call prolonged grief or complicated grief where you really don't get over it. I think that that part of it is really what you're not getting over is the feeling about yourself that you were left with at the end of that relationship because all all beliefs are really relational in nature. Mm-hmm. And if someone who chose you, who loved you, suddenly decide they don't love you and they don't choose you anymore, it's very easy to, to kind of collapse into, you know, I'm not worthy or I'm not wanted or some other conversation about ourselves. So we have to help people to complete with that. And then four and five, four is become a love alchemist, which is shifting the field now between yourself and your former partner, setting a new intention. I teach people how to clear the air. Five is about uh, creating new agreements for the relationship moving forward and just setting up structures where everybody gets to win moving forward that are fair, that are honorable, that are workable for the kids. A good example is that when I was, um, my daughter was uh, probably a teenager when we did this, but my husband and I, my wonderful husband and I, uh, we moved into the same apartment building and just lived on different floors. And our daughter was just free to come and go into both apartments, however she wanted to.
0: So easy, love it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was really fun.
0: Okay, so thank you for those beautiful five steps. Um, We need to move on to calling in the one. And I have a few questions for you about that. Um, So first of all, what what makes a person – in your eyes, mind, in your – what you teach – what makes a person magnetic? What makes a person magnetic to love?
1: Well, I think I don't. In my work, calling in the one is a seven step process. And in my work, what I do is I think similar to what you were saying before. First of all, I start with the future, with the unreasonable future, right? I'm going to be engaged by the end of this year. I'm going to. Together, and uh, and you put a date on it, and that's so that's the future that's now pulling you in that direction.
0: Okay, you you froze for one second. I'm going to be engaged in a year, and then go okay. on. I'm going to be pregnant with our first oh, child God. the following
1: year, and then and then so you've you've now set an intention. You've set your intention and it's kind yes. of, you know, unreasonable and it begins to pull you in that direction. Who would I need to be in order for that to happen? And so there's things to clear out. There's things to clear out. There's resentment to clear out. Mm-hmm. And if you're resentful, uh, if you're resentful, it still means you are seeing the other person's 97% and not your 3%. Here's the thing about that. If you don't know your 3%, you can't actually trust yourself in love. It might occur like I don't trust men or I don't trust love. But you actually don't trust yourself. So that's what we're repairing. So you have to see that clearly, um, your own part of things, how you need to grow, how you gave your power away. That's the question to ask yourself. How did I give my power away to this person? Um, the other thing I have people do is look at the old agreements that you have. Those agreements like I'll never be happier and love than my sister Or you made a vow uh, in a Catholic church in front of all family and friends and the priest and God himself, where you would only love this one person. So these are things, you know, or you gave your word to yourself. I'll never I'll never get hurt like that again. Okay, so these are things that kind of anchor us in the past and keep us tethered to those old toxic patterns. Um, Another one are habitual Uh, relational dynamics where we sometimes have people in our lives like family members, a boss, you know, people like an old, old friend that you've had for 30 years, people who are difficult for us, that we kind of tap dance around and don't really tell the truth, maybe overgive, feel depleted, feel drained. We, we, we sort of show up as a dimmed down version of ourselves because we don't want to threaten them or they're going to lash out or whatever. So one of the things I tell people is you cannot be in a disempowered relational field and think you're going to call in the best, most empowered relationship. You've got to clean that up. You have to essentially get your life into integrity with the future you're committed to creating. And then of Mm -hmm. course, the the next piece is also beliefs, which I just kind of gave you a demonstration uh, in in the conscious uncoupling, because I think the transformation of identity is the most important thing to shift, so that you're actually standing within yourself, mostly identified with your own worthiness, and your own power to create love, to keep yourself safe, to keep others safe. So it's a certain, you know, confidence in your value. And you're not going to date down anymore because you don't think you're good enough. So then you date people who, who aren't good enough for you, right? Someone's always inferior, someone's always superior, that kind of thing. So you have to really, you have to really do this inner work. Now, when you're here, what makes us, magnetic to love is feeling into our desires from that, what I call power center, from your love power center, from a place of worthiness, from a place of confidence in your own power to have this go well. And then you might just start to feel into what do I desire to be experiencing with this person What do I desire to be expressing to this person? So, you know, I desire to be speaking truthfully without censoring myself. I want the experience of being truly heard, truly seen, Mm -hmm. being cherished, being honored. I want to co create a beautiful home. I want to contribute wellness to the community. So, you're kind of playing with the energy like, what do you want to create? And then you ask yourself four questions. The first one, who am I in this vision fulfilled? So you're visiting the possible self of your future. And you're trying that self on. And you're starting to identify with that version of yourself. And then you ask the universe, what will I need to let go of in order to manifest and sustain this vision and uh, this possible future? And you're going to hear it right away. Mm -hmm. You need Mm -hmm. to stop smoking. You need to stop sleeping with that guy who does not respect you. You need to really give up this idea of being identified with this idea that you are not worthy of this love. You need to give it up. And then you ask the question, the third question is, what will I need to, uh, how will I need to grow? How will I need to now grow to prepare myself to receive it? Wow, it's time for me to learn good boundaries. It's time for me to connect with, you know, what I'm even feeling or discern between unhealthy needs and healthy needs. I need to grow my ability to communicate what it is that I'm needing or to negotiate for my needs or how to learn. I need to learn how to navigate conflict in a way that roots down love rather than hurts it, right? So you just... and. What's my next step? What am I doing today to co-create the fulfillment of my desires?
0: And I like I lo- I love all those steps, um, all those questions, and I love what you just said about co-creating because even to this day, people think that their person's just going to show up at their door, <laughs> at their doorstep. But the truth is that everything that we're talking about today is about actively. Doing this inner work and then taking action. We need to visualize, like what you're talking about. I visualizing, living as if you were using your different terms, living as if it's already happening, setting your intentions. There's work to do. And what I always say is, of course, you could you could bring in anyone, you could marry anyone, but to bring in and manifest the right one. That's what takes this work. And the thing is, it's a gift to ourselves. It is a gift. It's it's the greatest investment you can ever make in your life because as you're simultaneously doing this work to manifest love, you're also healing yourself. And so it helps with every aspect of your life.
1: Absolutely. Beautifully said, Jamie. Beautifully said. Yeah, and these are principles to live. You know, it's it's important to recognize that we don't just get over our old beliefs one time, mm-hmm. that we have to learn how to relate to when that traumatized self comes up, the I'm not good enough or I'm not wanted because something happened or, you know, we were disappointed by something that didn't happen that we expected to happen. It's important that we learn how to kind of mentor that younger self in our body and to hold and contain, and to not generate from there. Because wherever we are centered at the level of identity, wherever we're identifying ourselves, that's where we're generating our lives from. Mm -hmm. And if you're in an I'm not wanted story, or an I'm not safe story, or an I'm alone story, you're literally going to be showing up and, and relating in ways that are creating that consciousness. And so we have to really recognize the new ways of showing up that would be consistent that are kind of they feel like a stretch. You know, it feels it feels so weird when you do something that you've never done before. When you when you take a stand for yourself, when you presence yourself, when you yeah. make a request, it's like it just feels really scary and really hard, but it's so brave. And I find that life really can dramatically shift very quickly when we are in action, and we are willing to take the risk to show up from the future backwards, and not just continue to go to the... For some of us, analyzing why we are the way that we are is is kind of a stalling technique that we do, because we don't really want to take the risk to show up differently, and we you know, it looks like we're doing work on ourselves. But remember, healing and transformation are two really different domains. And when you're really committed to transforming your life, what Jamie's saying is accurate, that we really have to be in action about that.
0: Yes, spirit meets you at your point of action. And it is so true. Once you take that step, Once you step out of your comfort zone, you take that risk, you get rewarded. You'll see the feedback in your life from the universe. And then it's going to make you want to do more of it. And you just, you it feels amazing. And and everybody has their different comfort zones. Something to one person that's, you know, might be not a big deal, but to another person, that might be the scariest thing that they've ever done, just to speak their feelings.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I had years ago, I had one of my um, one of my false centers was that I wasn't valuable. And inside of not being valuable, I would overgive to try and prove my value all the time. And so what would happen is I, I was always stepping over that moment where I would discover if a relationship was mutual because in the absence of the other person giving, I would start to give more mm-hmm. to kind of fill the gap. And I will never forget the first time I didn't do that. And I just let it be uncomfortable that the other person was not giving. And I just breathed through it. And I, my anxiety was like, Oh, they're going to leave. They're going to leave. And and I just, I just breathed through it. and, and, And as a matter of fact, that relationship did not deepen because the other person was not really capable of giving back. Isn't that wonderful I discovered that? Mm-hmm. And I think I saved myself a lot of heartache. And that's where I finally started to learn about mutuality. So it wasn't necessarily with that person, but then it was down the line that when I didn't do that, and someone came towards me. I left space for someone to come towards me. And I'm with my my beautiful second partner now because of that. Because of that small adjustment that I made. Right? Yeah. The, the, the yeah, subtle yeah, shifts yeah. that we make are, are huge.
0: Yeah. And you are, you were in your integrity also, which is so...
1: Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So You're right. I mean, I think that people underestimate that integrity is its own reward. And being congruent with yourself is, is you know, sometimes we leave ourselves because somehow we think that it's more important to have that person's approval or the love that we're seeking from them at our own expense. But at some point, wisdom will tell you the
0: opposite. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, is that picture behind you? Is that a current picture? Yeah.
1: Uh, this one here?
0: Yeah. This is my
1: sweetheart, Michael, and I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my darling,
0: Michael. So beautiful. Yeah, he's he's beautiful. Thank okay, you. so we are coming towards the end, and I want to be able to. I want you to be able to plug away with your website and with your the classes that you teach or the coaching certifications and your books and everything else. How how, how can people find you?
1: Oh, thank you. You know, on CatherineWoodwardThomas.com. There is a portal to calling in the one where you can get a free starter kit. And there's also, if you just scroll down a little bit a portal to Conscious Uncoupling, where you can also get a starter kit, ConsciousUncoupling.com. And I have uh, also um, uh, a weekly teaching that I send out called the Love Out Loud Messages. And those are free. And you can get that there, too. I do have an upcoming um, free program that we're doing on the 12th of March. I'm not sure if that's too soon, but uh, we always have something going on. And if you get onto one of my lists, either one of those three, you'll you you'll get invited to it. But we do a lot of free classes for the community. And I do have a, a Calling in the One Coach training coming up this summer that we're now taking applications for. So
0: Amazing. And your books, they can be found on Amazon, also on your website?
1: Yes, I have them on my website and any major outlet.
0: Barnes know, and on... Noble anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Any 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 of the and any of the booksellers, the major booksellers and will carry my books. Actual bookstores.
0: Like those yes. are, well, they still exist. <laughs> and now we can go in person, maybe not even have to wear a mask. <laughs>
1: yeah. Important okay. to support the bookstores for sure.
0: Yes. And as always, everybody can find me at therelationshipexpert.com. All my information is there. So, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so inspirational and so many wonderful nuggets. I know that people are just going to love this episode. So, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. And as always, everybody, join us. Love Talk live on Ali Talk Radio at two p.m. Pacific every Monday. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great afternoon and evening. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.